Welcome to day 204 of season 2 of Shaped by the Word, uh, the drama of Scripture. Uh, let me remind you of where we've come in the story so far. God has created us as a reflection of Himself. And of course, uh, we, we pushed Him out of our lives. And then God began to redeem His creation through a man named Abraham, who formed a, a nation. Uh, that nation fled to Egypt during a time of famine, and of course, I later became enslaved by that nation, was rescued by that nation, and formed into a people uh, of God, uh, which he went into covenant with at the foot of Mount Sinai. They were to be a, a priesthood, a holy priesthood that reflected his heart and character to the rest of creation. And then we have the story of Israel. And even in the wilderness, Israel is unfaithful. They come into the kingdom in the book of uh, Joshua, in the book of Judges, everybody does what is right in their own eye. They desire a king to be like other nations. God gives them a king. There is a brief, glorious moment in the kingdom when they do have a king that reflects God's heart and character, even though he fell miserably. Uh, you have the pinnacle of the kingdom under Solomon. You have all the glory, the riches, the boundaries, everything a kingdom would want except for devotion to God. And so the king splits. The kingdom splits in two, and both. Uh, both slowly disintegrate. So we have a kingdom in exile, and, and there's a need for a new exodus. And uh, we have a, some beautiful portraits of God sustaining his people, those who are faithful to him in the middle of exile. And of course, Daniel is, is, is one of the most in, inspiring of all those stories. So we find ourselves continuing in the book of Daniel, uh, where Daniel is uh, interpreting a, a dream that will keep the king from reducing all of the magicians, astrologers, and diviners' houses into rubble and then killing them. <laughs> so uh, we pick up in the uh, second chapter of Daniel, verse 24. Uh, this is really going to be a fun week as we look at how God reveals the future, the coming kingdom, uh, you know, to us in the book of uh, in the book of Daniel or to Daniel in a foreign place, which has a really nice uh, feel and ring to it. Before we before we read, as always, we realize what a privilege it is to come into the presence of God, to hear His voice, to read His Word, to be shaped by it. There's no doubt it's strange and foreign to us in so many ways, but yet it's so deeply revealing of both who we are and who He is as we read. So uh, we just give ourselves and we give this moment to the Lord. So David, do you mind leading us in prayer? And, of course, you need to get closer to the mic than you usually do when you pray, please. Done. Let's pray. And, Father, we do thank you for another week um, in your word, uh, what a gift your word is to us, how you've revealed your heart and your character, and most importantly, you've revealed to us your son, Jesus. And so thank you for the beauty of your word, the, the wonder of this beautiful story, the ups and downs, but all along the way we see your faithfulness towards your people. And so we thank you for who you are, um, for your deep heart for us. And may we, as we respond to your word this week, um, respond as your people in loving devotion for all that you have graciously done for us. Um, we thank you for Daniel. We thank you for his heart to serve you, even in the middle of, of a lot of persecution and, and difficulty. And may we be a people that um, serve you as well in the difficult moments of our days. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Daniel chapter 2, verse 24. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execu uh, execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, 
I found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. King asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain uh, the king the mystery that he has asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come, and the reveal of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation, and you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, not by human hands, that struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream and how uh, we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has given you ruler over them. He has made you ruler over them. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things into pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet of the toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. It will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw the iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with that clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not uh, remain united any more than iron clay mixes. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms and uh, bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of the mountain, but not by human hands. The rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. And king ne- then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings, and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all the wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. And of course, the beauty of this chapter is uh, uh, the revelation of that final kingdom, uh, which is, of course, a a picture that you'll see a couple of other times here in, in the book of Daniel, uh, you know, finally being handed over to one who looks like a son of man coming to the Ancient of Days on the clouds and receiving a kingdom will be forever. So some beautiful portraits of you know the coming kingdom uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the most interesting thing about it is where it's revealed. It's revealed in the middle of exile. 
as the people are suffering God's judgment in so many ways. It's just a reminder. Uh, Daniel's whole life is a reminder that God has not abandoned you, but the vision is that he has not abandoned his people, nor has he abandoned his purposes. So Daniel was a, a fun book you know, to read. As long as we don't get hung up with all of the other you know, kind of apocalyptic you know, visions that we'll find in the middle of it. Daniel's just so humble. I mean, I, I love reading about him because his, um, when he speaks, he points to the power and sovereignty of the Lord. Um, when he's, when, after this whole, whole dream thing, um, happens and he's placed in a, in a place of a position of, um, authority and is given gifts, he is thinking of other people. He's in, and, you know, asking for his, um, these friends of his who he knows are also, um, deeply like walking with the Lord, um, for them to be placed in positions of authority as well. So I just see, I see so much of, just a man of God um, who deeply depends on him and points to him. Um, and I, I just, that's so encouraging to see, especially in the middle of an exile, you know. And so it just, it reminds us that, that even in the midst of all this, that God is preserving his, this remnant and um, is continuing to walk with them. Yeah. And one of the few characters, you know, in, in all of Scripture where we don't see his in, internal or external flaws. Uh, he's one who's you know, true in a lot of you know different. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have them, but uh, Scripture is usually very honest. We see David as a man who has you know a lot of failings, even though he's one of the most heroic people in Scripture. Abraham, of course, man of failings, didn't always you know trust God, who is you know credited for his faith. But Daniel, indeed, is is a man who's carried the in, you know integrity there. And of course, Jeremiah has told the exiles as they go to seek the welfare of the city where they will live, and Daniel you know, certainly has done that, invested that. And, and, and an incredible way. And Daniel's integrity is going to come into play you know, later on in the story when you have the people looking for something to accuse Daniel of and they can't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love here, in the, even in the midst of this, um, when Daniel's talking to him, he, he says, the God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field. You know, that, that even as Israel is in exile, God remains sovereign over all the earth. And even this great ruler that we're encountering, you know, who has this mighty kingdom, only has it by the fact that God has placed, you know, that that kingdom or given him that kingdom and placed everything underneath him. So you're seeing that setup of of really the true sovereign in this moment is not the king that stands there looking for an answer, but the king that is granted the yeah. authority to his kingdom. And, and not only that, you do have an echo of Eden, mm-hmm. um, because this is what we were created for for glory and on your. And, and, and dominion over the works of God's hands, you know, as his people and as representatives of his heart and character in, in the world. And so you still see a vestige of this, uh, even in a king who doesn't know him and in a king who will not completely honor him. This is, you know, what we were created for, to receive glory and honor from him as a reflection of him uh, to steward his resources. I do love just on that topic um, how Daniel even tells the king, Majesty, Your Majesty, you're the king of kings. And so he's telling you that God's given him that dominion and power. And then, of course, after he interprets the dream, um, Nebuchadnezzar tells him that the, that God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings. And so it's it's like that word, you know, he's bringing that back almost. Not that it's on purpose, but it's kind of cool to see that even Nebuchadnezzar is recognizing the power of God. 
Yeah. And, and, and you can see, you know, in here, you know, just kind of a timetable leading, you know, leading to Christ, uh, you know, from you know, the Babylonians to uh, the Persians, uh, to the Greeks and to the Romans, the, the iron that breaks all things into pieces, but a very fragile kingdom and into that would enter. Uh, well, okay. in, uh, in the year that Caesar Augustus issued a decree, mm-hmm. while Quirinius was the uh, governor of Syria. Uh, this is where uh, this is where that kingdom uh, is established, and where that kingdom is begins. And of course, the beauty of the kingdom is that is a kingdom that will never, you know, never be, uh, never end, and not only never end, it, it, it won't be inherited by anyone else. It, it'll belong to Christ and Christ alone, and to those of us who are in Him. And, and so, what a gorgeous picture, you know, of, of the coming kingdom—a mountain that starts small and then inhabits the entire uh, entire earth. And of course, what a wonderful vision of God as the revealer, the one who knows and one who reveals his heart and his character to us. So um, I, I love this section quite a bit. Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, we thank you that you are sovereign over all things. Father, we, we look forward in, in just anticipation of the fullness of the kingdom coming. Um, where we will be with you forever. Thank you for um, the the promise of your presence with us now. We thank you for the Spirit who indwells us, who um, at this very moment is revealing to us your heart and character through your word. Father, we thank you that you have spoken to us um, through your word and, and through your Son. Um, Father, would we, would we enjoy you today? Would we worship you? Um, would you transform us as we continue to reflect on your word? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.